flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers that rule in dark places. And they're real. It doesn't matter if you believe me. They're real. <laughs> there's angels and there's demons. And a third of the angels fell from heaven and they became the demons. And a principality is like a large angel. It's like one of the warring angels. And they set their thrones up over territories. I mean, think about it. The spirits just move around from kingdom to kingdom, person to person. They don't die. They're still here because they haven't been cast into the abyss forever and ever yet. So think about Hitler and his regime and the war against Israel that happened in that war, but also against true believers and also against outcasts and gypsies and people who were seemed like they were less than. Many, many, many people were killed in that. But when Hitler died and his regime came down, the spirits, the de demons that were operating behind him didn't just disappear. They just moved. They moved and they set up their power somewhere else. So one time God was saying to me, you know, in Revelation it talks about um, you, to the one of the churches that says, you know where Satan's seat is. And the Lord was saying to me, you know where Satan's seat is. And I'm like, no, I don't know where Satan's seat is. And he's like, no, you know where Satan's seat is. And I got the picture of the cross of Jesus, our Messiah. And if you were Satan, say you're the devil and you want to deceive the world, and you have one agenda, and that is to deceive and kill the people of God and then trap everyone you can into your abyss with you later because you're jealous of God. Where are you going to sit? You're going to sit as close to the cross as you can get, as close to the cross as you can get. You're going to sit in a religious seat if you can. You're going to pervert the cross like the swastika was a perverted cross. You're going to come in the name of God, if you're Satan, and kill God's people. I mean, basically that's it, right? Everybody who's out there doing drugs or you're out there worshiping idols, I mean, and everything like that. I mean, yeah, Satan is active in all of that. He wants you to worship idols. He loves you to worship idols because you're trapped and you're not free. And you have no freedom with idols. So I don't care if you have 500 idols. I don't care if you have 1,000 idols. It's not going to help you. And I pray that you'll know the Lord so that you can disband those idols, whatever they are. And they could be anything in your life. But, I mean, it's sickening when you think about it. Because the Lord is the one to be feared. And he is the one to be worshipped. And him alone. Because he's the good shepherd. He cares about our souls. I was trapped in demonic activity, and I didn't even believe in demons. So it doesn't matter if you believe in them. They're trying to kill you, <laughs> and they're trying to deceive your mind.
So just to give you a little background, uh, when I was, I was raised as a believer, but I didn't have all the information I needed to really live as a believer. And when I was a little child, I had demonic spirits visiting me all the time. And nobody would tell me they were demonic spirits. They would say, well, they must be ghosts. And there must be nice ghosts and good ghosts and everything. But I knew as a little child there was a whole spiritual realm that I was somehow a part of, whether I liked it or not. So we are a part of it whether we like it or not. And everything is to get us away from the mystical union of Jesus Christ. Everything else, all the other mysteries out there, all the other knowledge and all things that exalt themselves above Him are what people get. It's like we're fornicating with like the mysteries of the universe instead of the mystery of our Creator. Like God made us to mystically be in union with Him. And as we're more and more into Him, we are completely fulfilled and we're completely freed. And just to give you a little background, when I was like 22 or 23, I had was dealing with all these demonic spirits, which I didn't understand. I was suicidal. I had very severe eating disorders. I was diagnosed with mental illness, which they wanted to give me drugs, which I just threw back at them because they said, obviously, that's not the problem. But there were many, many dark, oppressive things in my life, and I, I just kept saying, God, whoever you are, I don't care who you are. If you're Buddha, I mean, if you're Krishna, if you're the God of Muhammad, which I wasn't really aware of, I don't care who God is, whoever you are, come to me, help me, and set me free. Because I'm dying out here. <laughs> I would literally spend, like, days alone in my room. I mutilated myself. I have uh, many testimonies. You can find out more about it later to help young people. I'm about young people. I'm about the kids. I'm about setting them free. And in 1983, after I had a radical deliverance from the Lord, I said, I will lay down my life for this nation, for the youth. And that was in 1983. And now those youth are about 23, 20s. They're the ones that I hope we can reach. But in this certain experience, I was calling out to God, where are you, where are you, where are you? Now, I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. But I didn't believe in his power, and I had a lot of self-help books. I was trying to do meditation and yoga and all the things that you try to do. Well, nothing was working, and I kept crying out. I kept crying out, and finally one night I cried out to Jesus, and a breath, like a supernatural breath, came in the window, and it sucked demonic creatures off my body, and I could see them. And they were transparent, and they were ugly and horrifying creatures, and they literally were sucked off of my body. I don't know if they were in my body. But up to this point, I didn't believe there was a Satan. I didn't believe there was a devil. And that's exactly how he likes us to sit and not believe that he's real, trying to torment us, trying to cause people to commit suicide, trying to be the voice in people's head that you're crazy, and that you're no good and you should die and all those things every day. Even Christians deal with this every day. These are spirits. spirits. It's a spiritual battle. I mean, I wish somebody would have sat down and said to me, there were all these wonderful, incredible, beautiful angels. And a third of them fell out of heaven. One of them was 
Satan, who became the prince of the power of the air, who controls um, many of the workings of the world, anything to mask and get us away from what's really important, the one battle going on between good and evil, between God and Satan, it's all about the souls. There's only one battle. God has souls he has set aside for himself. And Satan wants to rob and snare and take those, and he wants the glory. And he won't win, but he sure tries. So at this moment, when these demonic creatures, which I didn't believe in, were sucked off my body, I was amazed, and I was completely released of depression, suicide, incredibly bloody, horrific nightmares, uh, all kinds of bad thoughts, like um, horrible things, the mutilation, the eating disorders. And I said, oh my gosh, there is a Satan, <laughs> there is a devil, and that made me believe even more in Jesus. So that was a radical conversion. It happened alone, in the dark, in my apartment, in Venice Beach, California, all alone, a 22 or 23-year-old. There I was. Oh my goodness. Jesus is God. He has the power to deliver us from darkness. And all the people that are in the cults, the monks, the Tibetan Buddhist monks, they're in a cult. They're, if they knew how much Jesus loved them, their chains could be freed instantly. If they called his name, if they came to him, if we knew all the people involved in witchcraft, all the people that are involved in, in, under all kinds of medicines, um, for mental illness. I really believe that Jesus can deliver us from all these things. I come up like Elijah against the prophets of Baal. And I say that God is going to win. And you can be freed. And I am angry about the way our nation is ensnared in all these things. And I'm angry that Christians go under it too. Because they should be helping people get freed. And there's not enough people really, really seeking after the Spirit. So when this incredible conversion happened, alone, me alone, I just took my guitar and I went out to Venice Beach, which if you ever go there, everyone in the whole world is there, so you can do whatever you want. It's very free. You don't have to be anybody. So you might as well go and sing about Jesus because everybody else is out there too. So I sang about Jesus and I said, Jesus loves us and kids were beginning to be drawn to me and there was a definite anointing already and there already was before that. I've been called as a little child. And God even used me in my darkest hours. I've had people in, in bars come and say, how do I find Jesus? And they're converted and I'm still wondering, you know, how I'm going to get free. That was before. But anyway, at first I got involved in a church right away. I better get involved in a church. And I love church. You, I, I love church. I went to church as a little girl. My mom was a church secretary. I love the, the cross. I love the, the colored glass. I love the fellowship. So I'm not a not church lover. I love church. But God says, Jesus says, when two or three are gathered in his name, that is fellowship. That is church. And you can have a hundred people in a building, but if they're not gathered in his name, you're not having fellowship. You're not having church. So throw your idea of church out of the water. You can have fellowship in church or out of church anytime, day or night, if you're gathered in his name.